0: Wondered why I saw so many hogs on the road this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's what we—that's uh, what we bikers call motorcycles. <laughs> hey, yeah,
1: you're—you're a, you're a biker, are you now? Choppers, hogs. You're—you're—you're you're, you're a biker. Choppers. Yeah, yeah, I can see you riding that motorcycle with the big, high handlebars up there, trying to steer that thing,
0: trying to not crash <laughs> with Schwani in the sidecar. Schwanney in the back, holding my waist. <laughs> That's nice that the the Toys for Tots thing every year. Every year, this is the forty sixth annual event. Yeah, that's a nice event every year, and they bring in lots of toys for kids that otherwise would go without. Right, right. uh, For the holidays, so uh, you know, shout out to them. Hopefully, they're listening. Yeah, even with the lousy weather,
1: they're uh, you know they're underway here. Not that lousy. Well, it's just gloomy, and
0: it's been this way now for three days, and I can't take it. Well, we bring the sunshine. <laughs> this show is like the uh, you know radio sunshine, a ray of warmth, a ray of sunshine, warmth and love. <laughs> especially, I'll this, listen to you, especially this time of year. <laughs>
1: listen to you <laughs> when
0: you listen to this show. It's practically just like having your chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that something like that <laughs> hey, i believe jack frost is nipping Nip. at my door <laughs> <laughs> no it's just the sunday morning show
1: Well look over there tiny tots <laughs> with their eyes all aglow. their eyes
0: appear to be all ag- aglow. a glow glow or else they're on some kind of goop
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's our cherry holiday message for today and Bye.
1: here comes santa With lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. You
0: know, if you start analyzing the Christmas songs, they're really kind of
2: weird. (laughs) Really. That's why you don't analyze them. Just sing them. Just sing them. Rip them out. There's our next
0: karaoke event. Mm. What, a Christmas sing-along? Yep. It would be fun. It would be. You know, it wouldn't kill us to do a little toy drive on this show.
1: Well, Okay, here's another item that has never come to fruition to pass i'm full of ideas the we just never walk, follow
0: up on any the of them.
1: the cake walk the bowling alley we
0: have a christmas a christmas sing-along sing-along and you bring a toy you know donate a toy and you get to uh, participate
1: yeah sounds good to me okay we've already done a wedding <laughs> that's right so why not the uh, why not a uh, toy drive where would we do this exactly that's a good question. Um, Your house? Sure. Your <laughs> house is... <laughs> oh, yeah. Invite everybody right. to my house. Party at
0: house. everybody. Cher kicking off the show today.
3: Everybody
0: here must be the same. Yeah, Cher. You want to know an interesting stat about
1: this song? I think I know what it is. What's that? It's a number one hit, and it's among...
0: What 60 year career or something like that? It is Cher's uh, latest number one song, DJ Play a Christmas Song, and it is uh, her seventh uh, number one song in seven decades. That's Mm. over seven
1: decades. I learned that in the elevator yesterday. See, I did. I'm not kidding. It was information on the screen there in the
0: elevator you you know, when I was coming in. Say what you want. Our elevator is very educational. <laughs> we didn't have in the old dump on Michigan Avenue. <laughs> educational facts in the elevator. No, no you got true. in the
1: elevator and there was a person with a big handle that said, What floor, uh, please? Ladies lingerie, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that and we didn't have to really take the elevator because we were on the we, first floor.
1: Well, for a while.
0: For most of the time, we well,
1: were. you were always on the on the uh, floor with the, uh, the now v- the, uh, the VIP store. But well, we were up on the seventh floor. We oh, were on right. the eleventh right. floor. Toward the other, I forgot. Yeah. I,
0: I blocked out those later years. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking back to the Bob Collins days when we were. Oh,
1: all. we were all on. Yeah,
0: we were all on the first. All floor. One, Oh yeah, that was fun. All one. One great big happy group. Kumbaya. Down there. Uh, but yeah that's what this is uh there is only one other uh, musical performer that have had number one songs in seven consecutive decades did you read that in the elevator no No, i didn't read that (laughs) no you didn't because i did a follow-up report i also saw it in the elevator but i did a follow-up report rolling stones the Rolling Stones are the other group that have had Well sure they've been together number one songs seven consecutive
1: decades, decades yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know uh Cher's first number one song?
1: Hmm. What do you think that would be? Oh, it might have been with Sunny. Uh, Sonny. I got you, babe.
3: They say we're young and we don't know. We won't find out grow.
0: I feel like I'm in the movie Groundhog Day right now. No,
1: I didn't learn that in the elevator. I learned that listening to
0: your ray of sunshine, the, the, the Sunday morning show, the Sunday morning <laughs> show, your virtual sun, ray of sunshine. <laughs> we can actually make flowers grow. This show is so, <laughs> so full of it. <laughs> sunshine. Yes. I mean, what you just said. Sunshine. There. <laughs> I mean sunshine. <laughs> that was their first. Uh, their first. Number I, got one song. I got
2: you, babe. I got you,
0: babe. August 1965, everybody. Then in the 1970s, number one songs: Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Yep, yep. Half breed, half breed. Yes, that's all I ever was. Half breed, uh, dark lady. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yo, thought you were gonna going to join in. Just keep going. I thought you were going to join in. Uh, dark, dark lady laughed and dance da, 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 and the da, 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 candles da, da, one by, by one.
1: Do, yep. do, 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 <laughs> do,
0: do, 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 That's a new twist. All right. <laughs> that's where they got that from his Vegas show. <laughs> Schwanee, the, the Vegas show. <laughs> Celine Dion can't sing forever. No, she can't. <laughs> not lately, apparently. Uh, and then. Uh, oh, oh, that's
1: not nice. Well, she's sick. She, she can't, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she can't.
0: It's not nice. I didn't mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's not able to anymore. <laughs> dee dee de- dee dee d. Continue. All I ever need is you. It's also number one mm-hmm. in the 70s. Then in the 80s, you ask.
2: She believed, didn't she? She uh,
0: believed. That was uh, actually uh, that was one of her 90s hits. That was
2: in the 90s? Really? Yeah, that 1990s. was the 90s. Oh, wow.
0: 1999. But in the 80s, uh after all the song with oh, peter Satara. Yeah. and uh then the one uh if i could turn back time that that's was, what i was thinking about that was in the 80s yeah. and uh then uh you know it goes into like dis- you know dance club songs like uh i'm not familiar with her song when the monkey's gone no i don't know that one no oh when the monkey's gone (laughs) now you're making that up i am totally making that up (laughs) song for the lonely i know that one that i can't i can't place that one this is a song for the lonely i'm not gonna do it justice (laughs) yeah jack turn off his microphone please please. yeah please anytime (laughs) Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, number one songs in seven consecutive decades wow. for, for that is an accomplishment. Share. Right. wow, that is and impressive. did you see? Did you see that uh, where they lit the tree at Rockefeller Center in New York? I think it was the week before last. Uh, the uh, Kelly no, Clark? No, it was the other night. Kelly?
1: No, what's it? Yeah, it was not the week before last. It was just last week they did it. All right, I have to jump on my back.
0: <laughs> It's the holiday season. I yeah. was
1: just kind of trying to be accurate. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you were saying uh, Cher was one of the performers on this show and did a duet with Darlene Love, her famous uh, Christmas song, uh, whose name is <laughs> escaping me. <laughs> There's snow on the ground. Christmas, Christmas baby, please come
2: home. Yeah, there you
0: go. Yeah, but Cher and Darlene Love. I did that as a duet, and it was fantastic. And they're they're both, Cher is almost 80 years old. Cher's like 77, 78, somewhere in that neighborhood. Darlene Love's got to be somewhere around there too, right? You'd think. And they both look fantastic. They both sound fantastic. And uh, they are rays of sunshine in my life. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You're quiet in here. I was busy preparing our
1: newscast. Mm.
0: I have a like newsroom to run. I know you do. Here we go. I know you do. Um, just part of the reason I'm so full of the Christmas spirit uh, this year that I'm so, or Shwani would like to put it, why I'm so full of it. Yeah. Uh, this This time of year. <laughs> Because uh, of all the holiday songs, it's all, you know, and I just came back from London. That is, right. you want to talk about a city that decks itself out for Christmas. Holy smokes. London is absolutely beautiful this time of year. Hmm. I was there doing some interviews for this new Wonka movie. You know, there's, in a couple of weeks, this movie, it's called Wonka. It's a prequel to the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. It's, it's The story is how Willy Wonka got to be the, you know, how we saw him in that movie. How the Chocolate Factory came to be, how the Oompa Loompas, uh, you know, became part of the equation, the, the whole deal. And it's beautiful, and it's well acted, and it's uh, a lovely, a lovely, lovely holiday movie. I can't wait to, I, I'm, I interviewed the star of the movie, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Hugh Grant plays the Oompa Loompa in the movie and steals the movie. He's so hilariously adorable. Uh, who else is in the movie? Olivia Coleman, who you usually know from more serious, uh, you know, British uh, stories uh, like The Crown and so many others. There's Academy Award winner Keegan Michael Key is in the movie. Uh, it's a delightful, delightful movie. But we interviewed the cast there. I took a chocolate making class. Hmm. This is my new thing now. Where I'm gonna, I want to uh, make some chocolate on TV. I
1: was just going to say that'd be perfect for
0: that. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely going to do that. But uh, in this chocolate making class, we recreated the chocolate that Willy Wonka introduces in the movie. I forget what the what it's called exactly, but it looks like a chocolate tulip that you painstakingly put together. Like with the tweezers, hmm. it's it's so delicate, which we did. But I'm going to do uh, like sort of a different takeoff of that. But I'm going to i going to give my hand. I'm not really a you know chocolate maker that much, not really a, a baker really that much. But I'm going to give it a whirl to uh, try to make some chocolate on TV. Isn't it fun to watch masterful people like that
1: oh. uh, to put that together? It there? was amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah,
0: you know they do it you know like without any difficulty at all and then they take you to your station where you're going to do it and like suddenly i've got chocolate all over myself (laughs) all over my face now that's a picture yeah i looked like somebody beat me up (laughs) that's a picture with just you and a big mess all over. huge mess (laughs) huge mess it looks like it looks like you took a a third three-year-old and put him in front of The chocolate. Looks like finger painting. That's what it looked like, finger painting. Well. I'm I'm just saying that's what it looked like. I'm not disputing it. Just saying that's what I looked like. So we're going to give it a whirl. We're going to give that the next couple of weeks, we'll give that a whirl. But uh, London uh, was absolutely beautiful. And uh, if anything gets you in the spirit, it's those beautiful, beautiful decorations well do they decorate the famous things like big ben and uh I not, westminster abbey no, that I, kind didn't, of thing? I didn't see that but the streets the, the stores streets, yeah the streets they decorate like from one side of the street to the other so it's sort of a canopy laid over on top of where the motor vehicle uh, traffic is hmm. uh moving and it's just piece of, i'll show you some pictures i i took some pictures of it i'll, I'll show that to you
1: Put them up on the uh, WGN website. Oh, there's an idea. Sure. Right now, you mean? No. Well, when you have a chance, uh, you know, to post them, that would go well with um, your segment uh, making chocolate. Then again, of course, if you have a picture of you with chocolate all over I yourself, do. that I would be have even that. better.
0: Yeah, I do have. I a video actually. They oh yeah, they took video of me trying. Oh, to, trying beautiful! To, trying to do this. <laughs> it's why I had to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked me out. And now at eight, uh, oops, make that nine twenty-eight. It's time for America's favorite. Favorite what?
1: Just favorite? <laughs> you were at a loss for words. No, he was re- he was
2: reaching for his compass and protractor. That's what's going on. Oh, I was okay. Distracted. Yeah. Seemed to have okay. misplaced
0: my protractor. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it in 50 years. But uh, yeah, it's uh, what we call the far flung forecast. Our weekly combat <laughs> <laughs> facts and figures. I just completely short circuited. Just, just really said. did. Yeah. I someone He had to come in here and press Control-Alt-Delete on me, uh-huh. to reboot, get me going again. Now, with the latest, here is Dave Ebenezer-Schwan.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Uncle Dean. Good morning, everyone. Yes, indeed. Get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled GPS devices, because today we actually are staying in the land of Lincoln Hmm. in uh, Illinois. We're going way south-southwest, though, Oh boy! to Kaskaskia, Illinois. Hmm. I've heard of Kaskaskia.
0: Kaskaskia. A fascinating... Normally, I think you make up these uh, locations. No, no, no. But I have heard of Kaskaskia.
1: Kaskaskia has a uh, history going back way before not only the state of Illinois, but before there was a uh, United States of America. It has a population these days of 21. Hmm. But at uh, one time, Kaskaskia uh, was uh, part of actually American revolutionary history, where General George Rogers Clark... Uh, beat back British uh, forces to uh, get this territory for what became the United States. In July of 1778, July 4th, actually, in 1881, Kaskaskia was cut off from the rest of Illinois because of flooding, and it is the only point in the state of Illinois that is
0: west of the Mississippi. No. Not east. I think that I think that's why yeah, I have heard of Kaskaskia. But wait for that for that facet. There could not be a more interesting fact about Kaskaskia. Oh, but wait There's the, more. But what?
1: There's mm. more. What? There's more, my no friend. Way. Yes. Because Kaskaskia also was the first capital of the state of Illinois. Really? Yeah. Which became a state On this date, uh, 205 years ago, December 3rd, 1818. Illinois
0: became a state 205 years ago today? Today,
1: yes. And Kaskaskia Kaskaskia was the first first state capital. capital. Yes, sir. Hmm. That's right. Now has it had a, a larger population then, but now as I why'd say, why'd they move? <laughs> well, I think the flood may have had something it was to too do. Too
0: hard then. for people to say, Kaskaskia? <laughs> <"Cast came laughs>
1: it could be also, and um, they uh, things uh, the population dwindled. But uh, now
0: just a dwindled down, less than twenty one.
1: No, no, it dwindled from a couple hundred, really. Oh, oh. Yeah, from, you know, 200 years ago. Now it's dwindled down to 21. Now it's down to 21, yes, yes. And uh, Kaskaskia weather today, well, they've got sunny skies down there. It's 43. They'll have a high of 56.
0: And our pal, Dr. Kevin Most, medical director, Central DuPage Hospital, chief medical officer and uh good morning to you sir
4: good morning dean how do you like this 37 degrees and rainy day
0: yeah you know what you don't have to shovel 37 degrees or rainy so right that's right you don't shovel rain (laughs) i'm not complaining about either one right now uh so i'm just back from london last week where i was doing some interviews and uh what i found very interesting is even though we're you know it's that time of year people are traveling uh holidays are upon us i barely saw anyone wearing a mask i mean people obviously are feeling very very comfortable in places where you know a, a year ago two years ago certainly uh you wouldn't think about going on a plane or being in a crowded airport or you know crowded store or something uh holiday parties Without uh, you know, some kind of protection. What's your take on it? You know,
4: it's, uh, yeah, it's a little disappointing too, especially when you look at Thanksgiving, you know, just what a week ago, uh, here we had one of the busiest travel days ever at that, at that Thanksgiving holiday and our influenza numbers were up. And if you look now, COVID numbers are up and increasing pretty dramatically here over the past, you know, week to 10 days. So, we're going to see what happened over this Thanksgiving bump. And unfortunately, it's going to come right around the time of Christmas. So we're seeing RSV cases up. We're seeing mycoplasm cases up. We're seeing, uh, certainly seeing COVID cases up in the state of Illinois. Yeah,
0: That's all all the more reason. I mean, you you should have done it uh, a while back, but uh, get that latest uh, COVID shot. Get your flu shot. Uh, and I'm wondering about something now, too, this RS, RSV uh vaccination is that right rsv
4: yes so rsv is respiratory syncytial virus it's a very very common virus that kids get all the time Um, unfortunately very young children the newborn is where our biggest biggest exposure is because it's devastating towards their health those are the kids that are filling up the pediatric intensive care units across the state right now are mainly the RSV uh cases
0: well here's why i'm extra concerned about this because i'm reading stories about some mystery respiratory illnesses coming out of china uh respiratory illnesses that include pneumonia uh that we really don't know that much about and you know you hear about mystery illnesses in china uh, it, it takes you back to the beginnings of COVID-19. Uh, what do we know about this? What can we do to protect ourselves? Give, give us the latest on all this.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we try to have healthcare transparency around the world. That's what allowed us to track COVID as well as we could, where we knew where the new variants were coming because everyone was sharing information about the healthcare and the infection problems in their country. China is the exact opposite. They're trying to keep everything close to their vest, and whether that's because of political reasons, I'm not really sure. But there has been a huge spike in respiratory illnesses in China in children that is really kind of mm, kind of getting us, at least getting our attention. World Health Organization has gone in, and they're still trying to identify it. looks like it's a lot of cases of COVID and RSV, uh, a lot of mycoplasm. But really, one of the things we're really concerned about is, they really haven't identified specifically some of these uh, pathogens that are causing this outbreak in China. So we really want to know what's going on. The World Health Organization has been as reassuring as they can, saying these are normal, common pathogens. And what they're seeing is exactly what we saw last year, because in China, their lockdown and their control of exposure extended well beyond ours. So this could be just something as simple as, they 're getting the triple demic in kids that we saw last year because they were locked down. we 'd like more transparency as they tell us what you 're seeing Bill.
0: yeah if it 's merely that, just just say it right uh, uh, absolutely you know, as you said we don 't know the reasons behind their secrecy on this, but uh, if if it's if it 's nothing you know or or not, i shouldn 't say nothing, but if it 's just rather common, just say that this is what it is. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, so so the rest of the world can uh, literally breathe a little more easily with that.
4: Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, the world is getting smaller here. You know, years ago, a trip to London was something big. Now you you go to London for the weekend to go do interviews and come back. You know, I mean, the world is getting much smaller. Yep. So we really do have to be aware of infectious diseases across the entire world.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised. Uh, at. Uh, I, I was one of the few that wore a mask on the plane and in the airport. And any place where it felt crowded to me, uh, I had uh, my mask on. And I was the odd man out wearing it because, there, you know, everybody else is... Uh, just proceeding as though it's a business as usual. So um, let's hope, uh, you know, it can be an uneventful holiday season uh, disease-wise. Uh, what about the state of uh, vaccinations and all that? Is, is that going up? Because it was rather stagnant the last time that we talked.
4: It, it continues to be stagnant, which is so frustrating. Uh, influenza vaccine, I think, is doing okay. But when you look at COVID vaccine and the COVID booster, that number is not budging at all, mm. which is very unfortunate. But uh, you know, we're starting to see more and more influenza cases. So at least individuals getting um, vaccinated for that. I think it's a trust factor as well as the confusion of, do I really need the COVID uh, booster? I had COVID X at this time. At what time do I need it? And that's very legitimate. And with the number of public cases or uh, cases going on in the public right now, that's just going to extend that because people are going to say, wait, I had COVID. I tested positive. Therefore, now I don't need the vaccine for the next three months because I have the natural immunity, which is absolutely true. So we're trying to chase those individuals who haven't been sick and haven't had the booster to get their immunity up.
0: Now, in terms of uh, getting the vaccinations, you're recommending COVID. You're recommending the flu shot. Uh, RSV for everyone? Are you recommending that?
4: I'm not recommending RSV for everyone. You know, certainly the RSV, what we look at is three main populations that we're concerned about. One is obviously the newborn. And we have a, a new shot for them. It's actually not a vaccine because their immune system for that first 12 months of life is very poor still trying to uh, mature as, as they age. But what we do for newborns is we can give them actually antibodies to fight off RSV. Then the other one is actually the mother, you know, the mother in the late stage of pregnancy, when we give her a vaccine for RSV, what actually happens is she um, pushes that those antibodies to the newborn baby. So they get protection there because that's the population we're concerned about. And then the last is individuals over the age of 65 or 70 with any underlying disease or if they're going to be around any newborns. I certainly would have the discussion with your physician regarding the RSV vaccine. For people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, you guys are exposed to RSV pretty much probably every, at least once or twice a week. uh, And certainly we can handle that for the most part. But it's the young child, that newborn infant, and those over the age of 65 that we're the most concerned about.
0: I know that you had said that it's okay to get your flu shot and COVID shot at the same time. Uh, Does that also apply to RSV? I can't remember if you said. I mean, can you go in and get all three at one time? How how do you recommend that?
4: (laughs) Yeah, No, I don't recommend the triple whammy. You know, the double whammy can be hard enough, and you probably have seen there's been a bunch of studies out saying how much the side effects will be increased a little bit when, when you get them both at the same time. Um, I think from a compliance point of view, and certainly we know that the immune response is great with the two at the same time. There haven't been a lot of studies on the three because the number of people that are needing those three is so low. So I'm a big proponent on flu and COVID at the same time. And then really have that discussion with your physician about the need for RSV and when you should get it. And again, those over the age of 65, Make sure when you're getting the influenza shot that you're asking for that high dose because your immune system is not as good as people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and you need that little extra boost to make sure that you get that. Mm -hmm. That's the population we're trying to keep out of the hospital with influenza, seniors. So
0: good idea there. Good good stuff. Uh, Calls and texts already coming in for Dr. Kevin Most. 312-981-7200. We'll get to the phones. We'll get to the texts. 949, Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. And your questions for the good doctor? 312-981-7200. Either on the phone or on the text. And on the phone is Jim. Good morning. here on WGN.
4: Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Doc. It was nice seeing both of you out, out at uh, treat time. Question for Doc here. Um, of the patients that we're seeing that are testing positive, whether they're symptomatic or asymptomatic, or this is COVID we're talking about right now, what percentage of these people are are, are vaccinated? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to give me a very low number so that I can sell that tech to our patients and say, hey, we'll prevent you from being positive as well. Yeah, Jim, and you know, the ones that we get the most concerned about, obviously, are those who are hospitalized. So what's going on in the public, we really don't have a great idea, because now you can do the COVID testing at home. It's not reportable, so the CDC is not tracking this. They're tracking it by using wastewater and that. But I can tell you, historically, in the hospital, what we're seeing right now is a lot of individuals who were not vaccinated initially, but now we are seeing more of the secondary cases. In other words, they had the original vaccine, which was based on the original COVID virus, but never have gotten the booster since then, which is based on what we're seeing in the public. So it's a really good question when you talk about who are we seeing right now as being the sickest. It's those individuals who are never vaccinated or those who haven't gotten that booster uh, and now are being exposed to the new variant.
0: Did I hear you say that the CDC is testing in wastewater?
4: (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. That's what? how we're testing for COVID what, what right does now. What, what does that mean? Population. What do you mean? It's, that, in it's waste an amazing water. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, wastewater, you know, water from our toilets goes to a central depository where the water is cleared and we are testing the wastewater there for COVID to test, to see if COVID is in the population right now, because we're not tracking the screening in the hospitals wow. and we're not treat, you know, You know, we don't have any information on those who have tested at home, but we know that COVID is found in wastewater, and that will tell us, and actually can tell us, when it's going up in a community as to the rate of being found in wastewater.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, enjoy your breakfast, everyone. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Jim, (laughs) thanks for the call. That's kind (laughs) of disgusting. Kathy, you're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most.
4: Good morning, Doctor. Um, I'm so excited to be on there because I have a concern. I've had all four boosters. Believe it or not, I've had COVID four times just most recently. I'm still like in the 12th day of it. But what my concern is having heavy perspiration at night um, without a fever. And don't know how long that would continue or is that normal. I just haven't heard very many people talking about having night sweats.
0: Are you saying is that a side effect of it? Is that basically? Exactly. What, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, Kathy. So often when we have
4: night sweats, two things. One can be hormonal. So I'm not sure where you'd stand in that in that age range there. No offense uh, put out there. Beyond that. Two, okay, okay. Two, perspiration is a way for us to cool down. So often we will have a fever and not even know it and then have the sweats. So often during the day when we're walking around, just enough air moving around us will keep the fever at least manageable. But sometimes when we get in bed, have covers on, and you get a fever, now the body will have some perspiration. Day 12, though, you should really be getting rid of that. That should be kind of gone. So I would say if it continues that at least getting into the doctor to have a blood test to see where your white blood cell count is to make sure that you don't have some other underlying infection there. And again, someone, and I want to make sure that everyone heard the message from you, right? You know, you've had all your boosters and you still have gotten this infection. That is very common. we have to understand that the booster is trying to prevent us from getting severe illness requiring hospitalization. We still get it just like with influenza. We can still get influenza after having the shot. But hopefully, the duration and the severity of the illness while you have it is much lower. So, I hope you get better over the next twelve days. Nothing special about the perspiration, besides that the body's trying to cool itself when it feels it has a temperature above what it
0: needs. Yeah, so that's good news, there, Kathy. Right? Yes.
5: Yeah, thank you for all that information. It was yeah.
6: wonderful. Have a happy holidays. Happy Both
0: holidays adieu. to you. Thank you for thank the you. call. Typically, how long somebody gets vaccinated? Though, typically, how long? Will side effects last, if they even occur in the first place?
4: Yeah, you know, most people with side effects, it's going to be 24 to 48 hours. I tell people, I'll tell you, I would rather have two days of a little muscle ache and a little low-grade fever than I would 10, 12, 14, like Kathy. She's at day 12 right now of her fourth infection and still having issues. So certainly I would take a day or two of discomfort. Over that, and I'll tell you, that's the same for influenza. It's the same for COVID. It's the same for shingles. Take the you know the side effects for a day or two, knowing that you're going to have prevention from really the bad outcomes that those diseases have.
0: Yeah, you know that's so interesting. Um, Maybe the number one uh, misnomer that I hear from people about COVID is I took the vaccination, but I still got COVID. It's it's not something that's going to prevent you from getting it. It's just going to lessen symptoms, so you don't wind up in the hospital. That's what these boosters and vaccinations are about. Am I correct?
4: Absolutely. And we have to remember, COVID. You know, we have var- we have new variants now. So the vaccine is not one hundred percent protective like it is with measles or mumps or rubella, where we know we're going to protect you from that. This is a virus that's going to continue to change. And that's why even with influenza, if you think about it, each year we're getting our influenza shot. It has four different strains in that shot. Why? Because the influenza virus changes every year. We're seeing that with COVID as well. So we're going to, like you said, you'll have lower symptoms, less severity, and really hopefully a shorter duration.
0: 815 area code texts in, I had COVID late October, a light case. I wanted to get the latest booster. How long do I have to wait?
4: Well, you know, you don't have to wait anything. You can get it if you like, but you do have great natural immunity right now. I mean, if you had it in late October, you're talking only a month, a little bit over a month and a half or a little bit under a month and a half from the, from the infection. So your natural immunity, as long as you were somewhat healthy and not immunocompromised, would be very good at least for the next month and a half. But if you say, hey, you know what, I want to make sure that I have better protection, go ahead and get the vaccine. You might be an individual who's going to have a little bit more side effects because your immune system is already cranked up for it. And now you're going to try to crank it up again. But certainly natural immunity is great. And it's much more specific to the strain than than the vaccine is because they're off a little bit. You've actually been exposed to what we're actually seeing in the public the vaccine is about as close as we can get based on the information we had when we made the vaccine
0: dr kevin most chief medical officer at central dupage hospital always good to talk to you pal and uh we'll chat soon have a great week you got it dean we'll talk soon Thanks. and news from the northwestern medical newsroom is next I sound a little tired today are you a little tired today? um i am i admit it you have I, trouble uh, sleeping last night um do you have some, uh, some uh, guilty conscience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... Have you uh, wronged somebody and your conscience won't let you rest?
1: Are you now taking up a degree in psychiatry therapy. or psychotherapy? On-air
0: therapy, yeah. Okay. I was thinking about this for the new year, that uh, we should do something we've never done on a <laughs> show before. <laughs> uh and offer uh counseling so you're dr dean now well counseling and uh medical advice <laughs>
3: oh
1: perfect
0: <laughs> well we get the medical
1: advice and and information from dr most yeah i don't think we need him in the new year
0: oh <laughs> just kidding that's <best>. i'm kidding <laughs> we've had some budget cuts on the show yeah. and uh after a listener
1: called in not a half hour ago and said how nice it was to yeah. see him at Tree Time.
0: Right. Oh. Yeah, wow. we've had a lot of people on the text line say that the show is a ray of sunshine. B- oh, really? Uh, I thought sure you
1: were going to say the show you know, is... Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> like a lot of companies right before Christmas, we got, we got to lay the hammer down. No, I would never. I I love Dr. Kevin most. But, you know, he's only on for half an hour. So, so you're going to we could just extend
1: this in the 10 o'clock hour we
0: could dispense medical advice for the whole show even though i'm completely unqualified huh. i don't think you should let a little thing like degrees you know protocol get in the way of dispensing you know like if if you were at a party and you know, you said, "Oh, I'm not feeling well." Somebody would offer you medical advice, right?
1: Sure, take an aspirin, or yeah, that's,
0: that's all have I, another drink. That's all I'm going to do.
2: Just call it the <laughs> medical malpractice segment.
0: <laughs> I could change my go. name to malpractice. Yeah, there you go. There you yes.
1: Go. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Malpractice Let's get here. Back
0: to your problem. <laughs> don't don't try to divert the issue here. What's why? Well, how come you were trying? I don't know. I just,
1: I just I just. I had one of my uh, spells of insomnia. Did I
0: you guess. have Taco Bell before you went no, to bed? No, no, I did not. <laughs> I did not have. I haven't had. You got that a chalupa in years. reaction. <laughs> chalupa. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words. No,
1: I don't know. It was just one of those evenings. You know, everybody has them. You know, at uh, some point or another, mm-hmm. where you know you've got a million things on your mind yeah. and. Then of course,
0: uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> what's bothering you that you had to see me
2: today?
1: Was that it? Oh, doctor, I think I,
0: I think I may have solved the problem,
2: <laughs> or created another one.
1: I think yeah, I think that's I think Andy's got it there. So what you, did you try anything to go to sleep? No, I don't do that. But getting up at three a.m. No, if I take, you know, some sort of a sleeping
0: pill. Oh, no, I don't mean. I mean, like that. I mean, something to see if I was your doctor. I would recommend something more holistic. Mm-hmm. That's why you're not... Made. Oh, you know more holistic. I, you know what I like when I, I can't sleep? A little warm milk. Really? Uh, yeah. A little warm milk, huh? Warm up a little milk. Take it. Yeah,
1: if you wrap yourself up in a blanket and put on your slippers... and Like a, swad- a, a d- yeah, swaddling. I, die. <laughs> I wrap myself up. Like yeah. a sip, the little warm milk. mean <laughs> Nike. Wow. Oh, now I feel better.
0: <laughs> you have a little warm milk? Put on an old episode of Andy Griffith? <laughs> you in La La Land for freaking no time. Oh, well, One of my favorite movies of all time, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The genius Gene Wilder playing Willy Wonka. Uh, tying it in this morning, because in a few minutes we're going to be talking with... The cast of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which uh, I saw out at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. Their show that's running uh, through like mid-January. Highly, highly, highly recommended uh, to take the whole family out there to uh, go see it. I met at the theater opening uh, like a family of uh, 10-15. They bought tickets for the whole family and they were there to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I didn't talk to them after the show. But uh, I presume they enjoyed it because it's such a good production. But we've got uh, some of the cast who will be uh, coming in and joining us uh, for a theater segment coming up in a few minutes. And uh, as I was uh, telling Andy and Schwanny that uh, I'm just back from London where I saw the I was at the world premiere of the new Willy Wonka movie, which is simply called Wonka, a prequel to. The Gene Wilder version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So uh, you know it's all what led to Willy Wonka being uh, you know the way that he was a recluse inside that chocolate factory and the Oompa Loompas. What led to all of this is what's covered in this new movie, and this new movie is quite great, by the way. I'll be sharing those interviews, uh, you know, coming up uh, very very soon. Uh, did you know that a second we were talking about share? Having a another number one song with her new Christmas song, her seventh number, her, her latest number one song, she has had number one songs in seven consecutive decades, and uh, the only other musical act to ever achieve that, the Rolling Stones, you know they're coming to Chicago, right? Yes, they're going to be right in your neighborhood. Yes, Johnny. I'm
1: also toying with the idea of trying to get a ticket way, way up top, because that's all I'll be able to afford. Oh, come <laughs> on!
0: Ticket, the tickets are only a few thousand dollars. That's
2: what I'm saying, and you know, people, come on. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah, they are going to be expensive, but it's going to be uh, June 27th, and they just added a second show now on June the 30th. So uh, Mick and the Boys uh, at Soldier Field, June 27th and 30th, and tickets are on sale for that right now. I was
1: thinking about it. Several years ago, when they were here, uh, when Mick Jagger had the heart attack, and then right. they canceled the tour. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that, so it didn't happen then either. Yeah,
0: it's uh, they put on uh, quite a show, even still mm-hmm. I mean, at their ages. Mm-hmm. Aren't they pretty close to eighty years old? Most? They're up there. Up and
1: unfortunately, uh, we lost the drummer here a year Charlie or two ago. Watts.
0: Charlie Watts is yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, that's uh, that's uh, unfortunate, but cool to be able to see them and. Uh, I did see them once at Soldier Field, and it was uh, an incredible show. Soldier's Field. I'm not a big. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Soldier's, Soldiers, Field. Soldiers Field concerts, <laughs> because it's so big. It's, yeah, it's, it's so too big.
1: It's too big for a Soldier's Field. And I saw Michael Jackson at Kaminsky Park. Did you really? Yes, I did. Seriously, I did.
0: I never got to see Michael yeah. Jackson.
1: Yeah, the 1984 tour, right when the Thriller album was oh, out.
0: Oh, fantastic. Seriously, I did get to see that. Yeah. Were you all dressed up like Michael
1: no, Jackson? No, I wasn't. Actually, I was there covering it as a news event. But...
0: Schwaney going in there with like a red leather. <laughs> the one glove. One glove and no. an I voted sticker on his <laughs> members only jacket. <laughs>
1: It Which said no. It then. said the, the sticker I wore that said Truman in forty yeah. eight. I voted Billy Jean is not my lover. <laughs> was it great? It was. Yes, oh, it really wow. was. And this was okay. I, you know, you make fun of me as being the old man and everything, but I would have to say that this are. was the beginning <laughs> of the unbelievably stellar super shows that you see now on yeah. stage yeah, with the big arena taylor, shows, right? big arena with taylor yeah. swift or beyonce yeah. or that because you know not only was the stage you know huge the other brothers were there oh. and also uh you know everything on stage but Wait, it was, the rest
0: of the jacksons were there too yeah they were
1: wow yeah cool and um you know they did I don't remember them doing any Jackson 5 songs, but many things from Thriller and Off the Wall oh. and uh, and things like that. The crowd was out of their mind.
0: Did he do Dancing Machine?
1: Uh, maybe. Dancing, dancing, dancing. Yeah, he may not, I don't, I don't, I'm a dance machine. But I do remember it being really a spectacle. You know, Automatic, a
0: systematic. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> dancing my robot dance. Done? that's cool i jack go get him some warm milk please (laughs) it's one of the great regrets that i never got to see michael jackson i did uh i
1: did and you didn't (laughs) oh man here we go
0: and put something in his warm milk besides (laughs) honey (laughs) honey Oh, people! Uh, by the way, Shwani, on our text line, people uh, texting in uh, sleeping remedies for you.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone said that you should listen to sleep stories
2: on the Calm app. The Calm the on the what? Are you Calm app? I don't even know what that is. Do you? Yeah, know? it's a perfect. It's just one of these apps that you can. They, they uh, there's a section there for they'll just read stories. Uh, it's either a man's voice or a woman's voice, and there's. Uh, uh, white noise on there as well hmm. yeah uh the text uh, it says here it'll help clear your mind so you can sleep
0: okay you put it on you hear the seascape you hear the wind and then you hear my voice. Hi, Shwani. Oh,
1: that, that's the nightmare right
2: there. <laughs> Once upon a
1: time,
2: <laughs> in a very distant world, <laughs> there was a far-flung forest.
1: <laughs> there were three boys that wanted to be on the radio.
2: <laughs> Dean, Diamond,
1: later Dean one, Diamond, Dean Richards. <laughs>
0: one built a house made of bricks. <laughs> the other made a house of straw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah people uh, got all kinds of uh remedies what are some of the other ones well a lot of people have uh endorsed my hot milk they did uh remedy okay surprised you've never heard that oh i have I old-fashioned
1: ago. oh sure sure you know um tea of sorts a chamomile tea or a oh, caffeine free like tea it. i love a chamomile tea do you yeah that
0: works. I'm getting sleepy just listening to you talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's record this. <laughs> have you ever thought of recording your own voice? <laughs>
1: well, uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Don't want to play it back, but I have.
0: Uh, someone says that there, What? What is this? A dog voice? A dog voice.
1: A dog, a voice. dog voice. Can I have,
0: can I have the Call me app dog voice? Uh, see, we really should pre-read these texts yeah. before... That wouldn't be a good. What's a ha- dog voice? I don't know. What's a nap? <laughs> okay. What's a nap? No,
1: you said nap, right? We're talking about sleep. I'll take, take a nap. Okay. Wouldn't mind that.
0: Uh, so anyway, if you uh, would like to help uh, Shawani get a good <laughs> night's sleep because he's, he's grouchy today, he's tired, and uh, I think he has a guilty conscience about something. <laughs> <laughs> Have you wronged somebody? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I'm going to take your silence as a yes. you going to take
1: my silence as a yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, um you're going to hang out the uh, shingle as they say uh, yeah, well, by the gonna, studio door we, the we're there. we're going
0: to do that uh, next year. Starting Okay, it's going to be our, our big year for Dr. Dean. completely unqualified medical advice.
1: <laughs> Followed, you know, that that this follows Dr. Most with
0: totally qualified advice. Right. Yeah, this this will be the segment that's right after. I hope Dr. he wasn't Most, listening when you said that. That I'm gonna fire him? Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you he was already on the golf course by the time. Even today. Usually within two minutes of him saying goodbye with, to me.
1: With the lousy weather we're having, he's out on the golf course. Have you met Dr.
0: Kevin Most? He's out there when there's a blizzard snow. Sl- yeah, golf, I know. He golfer.
1: he really yeah. He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm I'm going to take another um, little sip of more milk here. Okay, good night.
0: (laughs) Andy,
2: could you uh, pull the blanket up? i want to pull it up over his head here. You're closer. (laughs) Put the pillow over his head. (laughs) I can't say that.
0: That would be premeditated. (laughs) Now you're having coffee, aren't you?
2: Yes, I am. The anti-sleep. Fully caffeinated coffee, too. That's
0: good, genius. (laughs) Apparently, I'm not the only one dispensing unqualified (laughs) advice. Uh, Well, I hope you have a better night's sleep. Okay. All right. So do I pay you now or later? Uh, I scanned your insurance card. Oh, oh, you did? (laughs) I wanted to talk about uh, holiday parties because we're in holiday party time of year. And uh, the do's and don'ts of holiday parties, because, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be going to uh, friends, family, office parties. Uh, Office parties are going to be in full mode over the next couple of weeks and things that you should do and not do. Are are there any pet peeves? Uh, This is my pet peeve for Uh, holiday holiday parties because usually they put you know like food out someplace Mm -hmm. right or appetizers or snacks or you know something like that and you see people sticking their dirty paws (sighs) into the uh, food uh you know and like double dipping even though that's a seinfeld joke yeah people do that all the time and with their dirty nasty saliva filled fingers that's my number one pet peeve.
1: Even if there are tongs available yes. to uh, grab the food and put it on their plate, they
0: still stick their hoof mm-hmm. right in the right in the food. Yep, it's gross. And I've seen you pull up a chair next to the uh, table. Well, I <laughs> I bring my own feed bag when I go <laughs> to whenever I attend to. No, seriously, I I, I know what you
1: mean. I know what you mean there. Yeah, It's gross. That's just like. People eating bags of potato chips as they stand in the checkout line to pay for them
0: in the grocery store. You know what? I'm funny about that too. I don't feel like you should eat the food in the store. I've seen people eat ice cream in the store.
1: Yeah. You know, they'll find a plastic spoon by the salad bar. Or they'll bring it themselves. Or they'll bring it themselves and and eat the ice cream as they're standing in the line waiting to uh, uh, pay for it. Right.
0: Well, uh, I, w- I had intended had we not gotten into diagnosing Schwann's narcolepsy, <laughs> <laughs> I had intended to talk about uh, holiday party etiquette. But uh, can we do it at eleven? Will you both still be here then? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> oh, good then we can open. We can speak freely then. Still to come on the program today: super special, a list interview for you uh, about an hour from now. It will be Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan. They are the stars of what I think is the best movie of 2023 so far. I haven't seen everything that's going to come out over the holiday season yet. But uh, I think uh, one of the very, very best that's going to get a lot of attention at the Academy Awards is this movie that opened in extremely limited uh, theaters this past Friday, Maestro. Maestro. It's the story of the world famous conductor Leonard Bernstein, uh, the story of his professional, but moreover, his uh, personal life and his relationship with his wife, Francesca, who was uh, m- magnificently played by Carrie Mulligan. I was uh, in, uh, where was I? In New York? Uh, no, Los Angeles, the week before last. And uh sat down and talked with them one on one. I'll share that conversation with you and tell you what I think about uh this movie Maestro as well. The reason why it is only in limited theaters and I, I I may be wrong about this, but I think I'm right that it is in exactly one theater only. The landmark century on the north side. I saw it Friday. What'd you think? Oh Riveting. Magnificent, right? Riveting. absolutely at the landmark is that where Mm -hmm. you yeah yeah on
1: north clark street
0: i know it's only in one theater that's the only one i could find for right now because it's uh, being put out by netflix in order for it to qualify for an academy award it has to play in traditional theatrical settings first so they've opened it all over the country in like one theater in each city for now but in a couple of weeks it's going to be on netflix so you'd definitely be able to see it uh, that way but seeing it on big screen how about bradley cooper's conducting the new york philharmonic orchestra wasn't that stunning he
1: had to learn it took him what 5 years or he 6 said, years that's what he said. learning the technique yeah. yeah that's what he said oh yeah it was it was just amazing oh, yeah oh good totally amazing I'm glad you liked you, it. and you mentioned Kerry mulligan astounding yeah. performance both of them are os-
0: oh. oscar worthy performances yeah. but uh the way bradley cooper co-wrote this story he directed the movie he produced the movie uh we'll, we'll cover all of it uh coming up in about an hour in my one-on-one conversation with both bradley cooper and carrie mulligan coming up that is stephen Shellhart who stars as Willy Wonka in the production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We've been talking about that's out at the Paramount Theater and Aurora uh, through the holidays, actually uh, past the new year all the way until January the 14th. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, if you weren't familiar with it first from the Raoul Dahl uh, novel, the book... Uh, You certainly were from the 1971 uh, version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory uh, that starred Gene Wilder, a truly, truly classic film. And uh, it is that film that uh, the production at the Paramount, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, is based. Uh, It is uh, fun. It is whimsical. It is extremely nostalgic. If you're familiar with the book or the original movie, uh, and even the Johnny Depp version, which was uh, you know a little darker, but uh, this uh, stage version is uh, much much closer to the uh, Gene Wilder uh, version. And the uh, portrayal of Willy Wonka by Stephen Shellhart as Willy uh, is is very Gene Wilder like. He he does such a great job of bringing that whole uh, character to life. But the story is about Charlie. And uh, in this particular production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there are two actors that alternate the role of uh, Charlie Bucket, and they are Mina Sood and Charlie Long. And they both join us on the telephone right now because they've got two performances out in Aurora today, and we weren't going to drag them all the way down here to downtown Chicago. But uh, hello to both of you. Very, very nice to have you with us. And uh, let, let, me, uh, let me ask you both just ab- about your, uh, your, your experience in theater and what you've done before, uh, and also just so our audiences can hear your voice and distinguish uh, who is who. So, Mina, why don't you uh, start off and tell us uh, a little bit about some of the things that you have done on stage.
7: Um, this is my second time being back at the Paramount Theater. Um, the most previous show that I did at the Paramount were School of Rock, which Charlie was also in, um, and I did a Shrek at Jerry List and a Christmas Story at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire.
0: Very nice, yeah. May I ask your age? I'm 12. 12 years old. And uh, Charlie uh, happened to be in the role of Charlie Bucket the night that I saw the show, and uh, Charlie, you were uh, fantastic, just really great. But tell us a, a little about uh, what you've done and you've accomplished.
5: Um, so, yeah, I'm 12 years old, and I started acting when I was really little, around, like, five, I'd say. Um, I started with, like, you know, youth theater, community theater. And then my first professional show was The Sound of Music at the Paramount, <clears throat> which was a really fun show, so great to do over the holidays. And then I did uh, School of Rock at the Paramount with Mina, like she said, um, that was such a fun rock-out show. And then this one is my third professional show, and it's such a blast so far.
0: That's uh, that's so cool that at 12 years old, both of you, uh, you know, being able to take on these roles and take such command of stage, you know, of, of the show. You're such a pivotal part of the show. Uh, it's not unusual when there are child actors to alternate uh, the roles. I guess there there are rules, right, and regulations, Uh, that you can't work a certain number of days, certain number of hours, etc. But but it is unusual that when there is a primary role like this, uh, to to have two different actors of two different genders uh, performing this. And Mina, I imagine that this is something that people must talk to you about quite a bit, being a young lady playing the role of Charlie Bucket. Why not? It makes perfect sense. Uh, but yeah. what, what are people saying to you about it? And how, how do you feel about taking on this role, which is a traditional uh, male role, boy role, and uh, mm-hmm. you, you taking it on full, full throttle?
7: Um, so when I'm on stage, Charlie Bucket is a girl. So they refer to her um, like as, uh, as a girl. Um, and I think it's really special that they um, have Charlie Bucket being portrayed by two different genders. Because it's just really, it's very inclusive, um, and it just shows that you know, like a girl can be a chocolatier, um, just as a boy can do it too.
0: Yeah, I bet. I'll bet you hear from uh, young uh, young ladies, you know, young girls uh, who are so happy to see a girl in this role, right? And um, you, you know that you're representing them on stage with this story. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Like, what do they what do they say to you? What have some of the audience members uh, said to you?
7: Um, every time that I see um, a person in the audience, like after the show, they're was like, oh my god! I think it's very cool that you're playing Charlie Bucket and you did an amazing job. Um, and it's they're always very shocked that the Charlie Bucket, the actor, is a girl even like the first time they see me on stage, they're like, oh my God, it's not a boy.
0: <laughs> right, right. I, I have to come back and see you in it, because as I say, the, the night that I happened to be there, it was Charlie, uh, Charlie Long, who was taking on the role, but I would love to see you do it. I, I would love to see the 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 other side of this. So Charlie Long, uh, tell me, how familiar were you with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on this whole thing. I mean, you know, for old guys like me, it's, it's something that we all grew up with. Uh, but yeah. but what about what about for you?
5: Well, I think it's really special because when I was, like, really little, I did a really wonka kid version of this, and I played Charlie Bucket. Um, but it was, like, a really, really, really short, like, 30-minute one, and it wasn't really that big. But I played Charlie Bucket, and that was super cool to, like, look back. Like, I was doing that, like... That was super, like, that was super big at the time, but now I'm doing it on the Paramount stage, and just to, like, do that there, it's surreal.
0: Yeah. Are there special moments in this show that you like best? Because you're you're on stage virtually the entire time, I think.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I probably definitely have some favorite parts. One would definitely include the Oompa Loompas coming out for the first time. (laughs) I love just watching the audience, the audience reacting to that. Every night, it's amazing. Yeah. Golden Ticket's a great number. I think the view from here at the very end when Charlie Bucket and Wonka fly in the air, that's just such a pretty number. And, of course, flying in the air is just super cool.
0: It's got to be super fun. (laughs) I thought about that. when When you and um, uh, Willie, Stephen uh, Shellhart. Uh, you're getting yeah. you're getting the the, the balloon and uh, you know take off. It's like just as as actors, uh, you know, young young actors, especially you as a twelve year old. Uh, it's got to be fun to just be flying around the theater yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mina, how about for you? Do you have favorite moments in the show?
7: Oh um, yeah, like Charlie said, I think Golden Ticket um is such a powerful number, um, and I also I um also really like. Uh, when when Charlie Bucket is writing a letter to Willy Wonka, it really shows how creative Charlie is. And um, there's so much imagination, and he's just creating a bunch of uh, inventions for Willy Wonka to write, hoping that he might um, return to his letter.
0: Yeah, you might say pure imagination, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because there are a few signature songs in here that, uh, you know, the people of of a certain age will connect with uh, from the uh, original motion picture. Uh, well, yeah. uh, the other thing that I liked about this, and I'll, I, I'm going to ask you both to comment, I wondered how uh, they were going to create the inside of uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and, you know, this truly this world of pure imagination, as the song goes, uh, but they do. It's got to be wild for both of you as actors to be right in the middle of all that and performing and playing and being around all of this visual creativity. Uh, Charlie, is it fun for you?
5: Well, it's a literal playground on stage. Of course, it's fun. Um, and I just think every t- every time during Pure Imagination, when the, um, when the factory is revealing itself and the audience is just... Has their minds blown by the audio, by the uh, by the factory? Yeah. Every 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 night, that's just like a special moment for me. And then just like getting to play in the factory for the rest of the show, so fun.
0: Yeah, it's got to be fun. Mina, how about for you?
7: Um. Yeah, I think that the way that the Paramount shows all the cool rooms, I think it's so cool because it's such a giant stage, but the set is so impressive. Like. There's so many moving pieces that go on and off the stage that make it feel like a whole different world in each scene. Um, so it's so fun. Um, in a matter of like seconds, it's a whole different like setting.
0: Yeah. I, what I what I also liked is how they recreated many of you know what happens to the other kids who are had the golden ticket and got to come inside the factory. Their fates. You know what happened to them. That were easier easier to do, I think, on film with special effects. Uh, it took a little more creativity to do some of those things uh, on stage, but but that's what comes to life uh, during this whole thing. Uh, last week, I went uh, to the world premiere of this new Wonka movie that's coming out. You know, the prequel. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of that?
5: Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. I'm really excited for
0: it. Yeah, with uh, Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet. I saw it. And it's amazing. And I'm telling people, mm-hmm. go to see this show at the Paramount and get caught up and reminded. Because when you go to see this movie, it, the movie is about how Willy Wonka got to be the way that he is. So it's going to bring back a lot of uh, seeing, seeing this play, The your musical, is going to just be a good reminder before you go see this movie. Uh, congratulations yeah. to both of you on this. Uh, you both you, you do a great job. Uh, I look forward to coming and seeing your performance in it, Nina. And uh, I think I thank you both for joining us today.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Mina really, really fun.
0: Nina uh, Sood, and Charlie Long, who uh, both play Charlie Bucket uh, in this production of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and our longtime pal. Gene Weingant is Grandpa Joe in the show. He joins us after a break. Stick around. 1052, think? Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. And let me just say you're welcome for putting this earbug in your head that you'll be singing all day long today. Oompa Loompa. Uh, in this new movie, Wonka, Hugh Grant, through special effects, plays an Oompa Loompa and uh, is hilarious and kind of steals the movie a little bit. Uh, there is a whole cast of Oompa Loompas in this production of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that is out at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. But one of the standout performances in the show is uh, the young actor who plays Grandpa Joe in the uh, show. In the movie, it was Jack Albertson, and in the stage production, our longtime pal. Uh, it's so great to see Gene Weingant on stage uh, in this role. Hello there, my friend. I c- cannot even remember the last time that I talked to you, but I know it's been way too long.
8: It has been too long, but it's always great to talk with you, Dean. How are you this morning? I'm uh,
0: doing very, very well, and just up to my neck in uh, uh, wonkiness uh, right now between your, your show and this movie that I uh, went to to, do it, to the world premiere. Uh, so much fun. Why do you think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory resonates uh, after all of these years with people.
8: You know, I, my my first guess at that would be because it's a little bit of something for everybody, and and I often I often think that uh, adults sort of forget uh, how lightly kids can really take some of some of the uh, horrors of of this story. Uh, they they understand that it's not not very serious uh, but there are also some some really sweet moments uh throughout the throughout the show throughout the musical and and uh some some really lovely ideas about uh imagination and uh that sort of thing that's that's my guess
0: yeah now uh i i was taken with the creativity uh in staging the show because you know it's so fantastic and uh, almost sci-fi like uh, on on a movie theater screen they can do it all with special effects on stage it's a little bit different so i mean talk to me a little bit about what they've been able to do in staging this production of the of uh, well,
8: charlie out there Trent Stork the director and Casey Alfonso our choreographer particularly had i thought just had such a a great uh, touch on this and and great understanding of what makes it work, and the two of them together and their zany senses of humor and then and you combine that with jeff Kmeck's uh setting and and Ryan's be- Ryan park's beautiful, fantastic costumes and then and on top of it are truly wonderful and and completely insane ensemble. Uh, of dancers and singers uh, who just bring so much to this every night and and, and make the whole world of uh, Willy Wonka and, and Charlie Bucket come to life. They are just amazing. The, this ensemble is worth the price of admission. I agree.
0: I agree. It's a really fun show. And, you know, this, this time of year, people are looking to take their families uh, to go see shows. The night that I was there to see your show... Uh, I, I met a family. of There must have been like 10, 15 people. They, the entire family came to see the oh, show. Yeah. And it's uh, this really is kind of the perfect show uh, for that kind of event, to take the family, a night of old-fashioned theater. You can't beat it.
8: It really seems so. I noticed the other day as I was walking into the theater, um, a family of mom and dad and their teenage son who looked to be 16 years old give or take um and obviously coming to the theater together and then last night we had some very young children right in the front row we can kind of see into the front row sometimes and uh all of them just mesmerized uh by the by the whole extravaganza their eyes just wide one of the little boys um kind of sitting up on his his knees and his dad beside him just having a ball um during, during Jay Ladymore's uh, beautiful, beautiful ballad, if your father were here, you know, right. the grandparents looked yep. down from their bed, their bed up above, right. and we could see a, a mom yesterday in the matinee reach over and take her son's, teenage son's hand, or oh. young teen, and the child reached back and put his hand on top of his mom's, and oh. it uh, we all fell apart. That's great. That's great. That's yeah, great.
0: That's great. Yeah, it's it's a great show for families. Yeah, you're doing well. I, I, one of my longtime favorite actors uh, in in the Chicago area. Of course, you've done things outside of Chicago as well. But uh, anytime I see your name attached to a show, uh, I know it's going to be good. I know there's going to be high quality. Uh, you you always deliver, and you sure do here as Grandpa Joe.
8: Well, thank you, Dean. It's a, it, I'm having a ball doing this. I ha, I keep saying I haven't had this much fun doing a show since I didn't know any better.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is out at the Paramount in Aurora through June uh, January uh, 14th. And uh, you can get ticket information at ParamountAurora.com, 630-896-6666. And uh, Gene Weingant, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. I hope we see you, and we can chat uh, one-on-one sometime soon, my friend.
8: I'd love that. Almost, almost any time, Dean. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Have a wonderful day and
0: wonderful holiday season. Enjoy your shows today. Thank you, you too. so nice to hear uh, that things are going well for the Big Toys for Tots uh, campaign. Yeah. Year. Going on this morning, all those right. motorcycles. How many motorcycles have we heard? I haven't Are seen a
1: specific Western? count, but it, there's usually, usually hundreds. hundreds, maybe even thousands. Yeah. And all on this Western Avenue. Western Avenue starting at uh, 83rd and Western at the Dan Ryan Woods. They start there every year and then go north. really almost all the way up uh, to the north end of
0: the city. Yes, Western Avenue is the longest running street in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. as we all know.
1: That in Halstead, yeah.
0: yeah, I think Western
1: beats Western uh, does. Uh, I believe. Yeah.
0: I believe Western is. You the, would
1: know. You grew up
0: not far on the streets. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> boy, boy of the streets. <laughs> My family kept moving, but I found them every time. <laughs> but yeah, it's the forty
1: sixth uh, Toys for Tots nice. uh,
0: motorcycle parade. That's nice. It's, it's cool seeing these. Uh, you know these bikers, these hell's angels looking kind of guys, guys out often, there, yeah out there with teddy bears to their <laughs> to their rigs it's really nice uh, I wanted to bring to the attention something really nice that the village of rosemont uh is also doing today uh the village and their mayor Brad Stevens, along with the Nutcracker magical Christmas ballet, will present a twenty thousand dollar donation today to advocate uh, Children's Hospital in Park Ridge as part of the, uh, Rosemont's first ever Nutcracker Village Public Art Project. Twenty businesses have sponsored uh, life-size nutcrackers that will be uh, custom-painted by local artists there. at You know, Rosemont's always super pretty, right? In the uh, wintertime, they put up spectacular uh, decorations uh i I see them you know when I'm riding on the on the Kennedy or on the the tollway right around there. I'm big into the Christmas decorations this year. Have you noticed?
1: I have noticed that, yeah, yeah, we were talking about it last month already at tree time when yeah we were
0: there yeah, yeah, and I only have one thing up at my house. Just I don't either, <laughs> <laughs> not yet, hey, you just got to take it down in a couple of weeks anyway. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> anyway, uh the check presentation is going to take place today. Uh la, la, la. let's see here. Between four thirty and five thirty at the Rosemont Theater, uh fifty four hundred North River Road, uh, between the two performances of Nutcracker Magical Christmas Ballet. But uh that's a nice donation, right? Twenty thousand bucks. Oh yeah. For the uh, Advocates Children's Hospital in Park Ridge, mm-hmm. yeah, a great donation. No, yep. all right, maybe I'll put up some decorations today. <laughs> now I feel good. now that you're in the mood for it. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far exactly, but
1: <laughs> but you're 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 going to be by the, you know the Christmas week. You're going to be like uh, Mister
2: Weaver on uh, <laughs> Andy Here we go. Christmas, who had eleven ten in the pool. <laughs> The first Andy Griffith show mentioned yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't mention <laughs> you know, the. Wait a minute, wait,
0: Andy. Do you know the episode that he's even talking about? I have no clue. This is. Have you seen the Andy Griffith Christmas episodes? I have not. You haven't? No. <laughs> You all right in there, Dean? It's a classic. You haven't? It's a classic. Where this gr- the grouchy old? What's the guy's name? Mister Weaver. Mister
1: Weaver runs the department store. He's The
0: grouchy old man who runs the <laughs> department store, and he's mad. Uh, so. Uh, he gets himself uh put in jail, right? And then uh, Well the reason
1: he was mad is because um he caught someone moonshining. Oh and Andy, Andy uh, let him go wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna on put Christmas him in jail,
0: Eve. Right. Wasn't gonna put him in jail. And there. Mr. Weaver insisted that he did. Mm-hmm. So he arrests the guy and then arrests his family (laughs) so the family can be together in jail. Ah, And they're having a Christmas party in the jail, and Mr. Weaver's outside in the cold. Steals the bench outside (laughs) the courthouse. (laughs) Because he wants to get arrested to come Uh. in, but Andy
2: won't arrest him. (laughs) Where was Otis during all this? Otis isn't in that one. Okay. He vacated his cell (laughs) for them, huh?
0: (laughs) Mr. Weaver peeking in the jail window. <laughs> Singing along with a way
1: in a manger. And too. watching
0: Aunt B putting out a full Christmas spread. Oh,
1: that food. <laughs> Looked so good. <laughs> Ellie, Andy's girlfriend. Yes, that was, yeah, Ellie, way before Helen. Way before Helen Crump. Helen was doing graduate work, uh, yeah. in her, uh, getting her uh, master's degree yeah. so she could teach in Mayberry. Andy, could you stage an intervention for us? Clearly,
0: both of us <laughs> have a huge problem that we well, need we to Well, we didn't
1: get to talk about the one where Barney gets the motorcycle <laughs> with the sidecar. We've been talking about
0: the parade here. And we didn't talk about Barney dressing up as Santa either. Because no, that's a big part. That, I know it. Andy, please, somebody <laughs> stage an intervention for us. <laughs> Coming up on the show, my Dean's List A-List interview. My full interview with Bradley Cooper and uh, Carrie Mulligan. Chicago exclusive interviews with the two stars of the upcoming movie Maestro, the Leonard Bernstein movie. Uh, I think the best movie of the year so far. It's amazing. Sadly, only uh, in one theater at the moment, but coming to Netflix uh, in a couple of weeks. But uh, I'm going to call the uh, Netflix uh, Schwani and tell them that you saw it and loved it. Maybe they'll put it on a movie poster. (laughs) Schwani approved. (laughs) I did indeed, yes. Dave Schwan says, I liked it. I think your name should get top billing, though. I think, uh, I mean, I'm serious. Uh, I've seen quite a few. I haven't seen all the movies of the year. That's why I'm saying best movie of the year so far. Because there still may be something that I haven't seen yet that uh, is about to come out in the next week or so. But uh, it's a stunning movie. I mean, it's it's right up there with. Uh, I mean, some, some of my other top movies of the year: Oppenheimer, uh, the the Martin Scorsese movie uh, uh, is amazing. Uh, I I, I like Napoleon. I didn't love it. I liked it, but I think it's still worth seeing on a big screen because it's spe- visually it's uh, spectacular. I saw the color purple the the new version of the color purple uh which is um, another amazing 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 movie they did such a good job in recreating that so we'll be talking about all the christmas movies that are coming out but i wanted to talk a little bit about christmas parties and holiday parties hanukkah starts uh next friday friday andy saturday it uh, actually starts thursday night thursday night
2: uh, the december 7th
0: okay, okay. all right uh so you know there are going to be a lot of parties a lot of family get-togethers friends and uh you know what are the faux pas that we should try to avoid for holiday parties i i had mentioned one that i noticed uh where you know just i i know i'm a little bit of a germaphobe but when there's food out in a buffet setting don't stick your fingers in the food yeah. uh to, to you know like you know if there's sh- shrimp don't stick your fingers in the shrimp to get a shrimp. You're touching the other ones. Uh, or, you know, a bowl of uh, crackers or nuts or, you know, something. Uh, almost all the time now, spoons are provided. Use the spoons mm-hmm. and put the food on your plate, and then you can, you know, put your face into it. Uh, but uh, ugh, the the double dipping, I, 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 I've noticed it. It grosses me out. Uh, it's it's just disgusting. It's like putting your tongue right in the dish, right? It's truth. Or am I being, like, super par-
2: no, it's, paranoid? It's disgusting. I mean, that's why the fork and the spoon is there. Yeah. What's your pet peeve? Got I, one? I've got a few of them. I just, uh, you know, you watch people not only, uh, you know, putting their fingers and stuff into this stuff, but having this... Spirited conversation right over where the food is. Oh, so the smitting. And, yeah, they're just they're yelling and screaming and yeah. you know talking, trying to talk to each other. And there's always one or two people that just can't can't hold back with the liquor and just ruin it for everybody. I was gonna,
0: I was gonna say the yeah. drunk, the drunkies at the party. Yeah,
2: there's always a couple of drunkies that just kind of ruin it for everybody.
0: Yeah, the drunkies that are like, in, and they're in your face. They're like two inches away from your face. Exactly. And ask you know the same I question think? over and over. Again. You know what I think. i never liked your victory auto records commercial (laughs) i thought it was stupid and that door falls off every time which by the way victory auto records is now officially closed by the way so
1: where'd you get those pants (laughs) (laughs) there's kebab bottoms
0: Schwani. Holiday party pet peeves. You, you know,
1: you you two, both of you have covered all the bases for me. You know, the grabbing of the food, um, people talking to you two inches away with their mouth full of food, right. and uh, too much to drink. Yeah, you've covered it How all. How about using really? a trash can? Just oh, don't yeah. leave
2: your stuff oh, all over someone's drops. house. Oh, right. Yeah. The, you just know, drops them. Dirty
1: plates and
2: used napkins exactly. piled
1: on top of it.
2: Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't take much of an effort to stand up and find the garbage can. No. I agree. I agree. Be a good guest, will you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. Well, exactly. You're a guest yeah, in someone's,
0: someone's house. house. Right. Disgusting. It's disgusting. Be yeah, on your best behavior, right. Dean. Right. <laughs> All right, so I put 10 or 12 shrimp in my pocket. Before. Is that bad? Well, you need something for
2: later. You don't Well, have to especially make the shrimp.
1: since they're a week old,
2: yes. <laughs> I use the tongs.
0: I didn't say anything about bringing your own Tupperware. Oh yeah, <laughs> I actually know somebody who has done that. I do, too. On food, uh, where there are food buffets. They what? Have-
1: they, they brought their own
0: they containers. Literally, brought their own Tupperware. Oh wow! So they could make themselves. You know how they, people will say, "Oh, take some food home, make a plate." Mm-hmm. They brought their own Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, no, no plate needed. They got their own. <laughs> they brought their own Tupperware. Oh, <laughs> Which I guess. I mean, if somebody's going to say make a plate, I guess it's better if you. And have they have a tu- big
1: canvas bag I to carry it out. They have, their own,
0: they have their own crew. Trough. There you go.
1: <laughs>
0: they bring their own caterers with them. Uh, uh yeah, I don't I don't care for that. Uh what else don't I care for?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the food. The food it is like nothing grosses me out more. Where you know, you wanna you wanna like you know, you also want to enjoy the food. But after I see somebody put their paws in the food, uh that's like <laughs> I'll stop at White Castle's on the way home.
2: How about the guest that that wanders the house, mm. you know, and starts oh. to look for <coughs> stuff or I'll, whatever? I've I'll, uh, got into, to leave the room yeah. now. So yeah. Just going into, like, the private areas, yeah, Exactly. You know, you're, everybody's gathered in a couple specific areas more than likely, and then, you know, they kind of assume that you know that, hey, there's a bathroom down here. Don't go upstairs right. because, you know. The kids may be up there if they're having a party or whatever. Right, you know, right. So just how you know. about kids?
0: What what about the 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 question of kids? I mean, some people will say, "Adults only party." Yeah. Right. But what yeah. about if it's not like that? Do you bring the kids or do you find a sitter for the kids? What's the proper protocol? Well, if I had it kids, depends
2: on how long you're going to be out. Actually, yeah, if I had kids, I'd say sitter because I don't I don't want to be I want to stay out. Yeah.
0: Well, you want to have a good time yeah, exactly. Also. You don't have to worry about them. And uh, you know, probably whoever's hosting the party isn't so crazy about having junior right uh putting his hands in the shrimp (laughs) yeah here's a story for you um how about Uh, kids that put their hands in the shrimp while they're smoking and they're drunk (laughs) (laughs) that's a a bad combination very yeah then the
1: question becomes how do you get the uh, cocktail sauce out with the shrimp
0: that's then. true that's true what were you going to say before <laughs> better, i rudely no, interrupted. this is you? this is
1: a true story uh, some people i knew haven't were having a party it wasn't a holiday party it was just a you know people over and an individual who liked to roam the house oh. you know go into the kitchen and go into various rooms Took it a step further. He went into the kitchen, then they opened the freezer, and then he found a half gallon of ice cream. What? And then he found a oh, spoon man. and started to eat it from the carton.
0: That's gross. Really yeah. gross. Mm-hmm.
1: Who goes in someone's refrigerator? And
0: in, in, Into your freezer? Someone
1: who has no, no
0: manners. manners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, it was not me. Or people that uh, (laughs) just just like, you know, they they roam the house, like Andy's saying, and they go into like private areas. It's like, oh, where did you get this baseball trophy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That was in my bedroom. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, after they bring it out of the room. Where it should stay, yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even if the coats aren't in the bedroom, I mean, frequently... (laughs) You know, you, you lay all the coats on the bed, which I'm also not crazy about, but I know sometimes you have to do that because uh, I always feel like I'm going to get somebody's head lice. Mm. Uh, I'm, I am super crazy. I guess. Germaphobe.
1: No, with the food, though, especially in light of what we've gone through in the last few years with what's going on around now with all of the respiratory. We're all sneezing in here this morning, you know, and, and I the other day I was at a place where everybody was sick. Yeah, you do want to be
0: careful. Yeah. Well, I blame all that sneezing in the newsroom on your policy that everyone must uh, kiss when they come to work. <laughs> Swanny thinks he's creating an uh, yeah, affectionate it's environment, it's but it's really very <laughs> awkward for it's a very a strange lot, tradition. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> now you're going to go along with this. You notice Andy? that's why well, Andy
0: comes in like an hour late. Exactly. <laughs> to try to I say okay, he waits and, to, and
2: has his own room. Don't forget about it at that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a reason why Andy has pretended like he's had yeah. a cold for the last two yeah. and a half years. <laughs> it's like
2: the old family feud. You know, I'm like getting out of here. Yeah. Richard, Richard Dawson, kissing, Dawson everybody.
0: kissing everybody, coming to the newsroom. <laughs> 847 area code. Back in the day, I worked at Boston Sea Party, Seafood Party. Remember that place? Yeah, sure. Boston, uh, was it Boston Tea Party? What was it called? I think it was Boston Sea Party. It sea was seafood, party. Seafood yeah. restaurant. Uh, they had buffet tables of cold and hot seafood. And we had a woman who came in and started (laughs) dumping clams and oysters in her purse. Oh, Oh, wow. In a plastic bag.
1: Oh. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's just like you said. No, no, she forgot the Tupperware. So she's going to use her purse.
2: (laughs) I mean, I'd watch my grandma every once in a while, you know, put some Sweet and Low or maybe a roll, but not clams and oysters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When After my mother passed
0: away, I found thousands of packets of Splenda in her eyes. So I know she didn't buy them. So, I will just apologize to the Illinois Restaurant Association now. I'm sure my mother caused a great financial uh, wo- wo- <laughs> upheaval in this the theft of Splenda over the last several years. Uh, so, yeah, they, I mean, those are – uh, how about you just use some common sense when you go to a – uh, office party, especially you know, work parties, especially. Oh yeah, extra extra uh, good behavior. Yeah, even you want to be invited back, right? Even if they're serving drinks at an office party, I will never have an alcoholic beverage at an office event ever. Hmm. I just think it's not good. Yeah, I might have one and just kind of it
1: even if it's after business hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't want, blame you. I don't want to be drunk. No, I don't you blame people. you. Yeah, <laughs> my behavior is bad enough. When I was I'm just going to. Hey, you said it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can I, can mean, I give a, a real quick sports story here? There's please? something, uh, something uh, kind of breaking here yes, with the, the, the college football playoff rankings Uh-oh. are being announced oh, right yeah, now. The final it. ones: uh, Michigan number one, Washington number two, Texas number three, Alabama fourth. So those four teams will be competing for the national championship. The five and six teams: uh, Florida State and Georgia. Georgia was number one as of uh, this time last week, but uh, lost to Alabama yesterday. So it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. So Michigan plays Alabama, and Washington will play Texas, and the two winners will face off for the national championship. Any surprises in that? Yeah, lots of them, actually. I mean, uh, Texas made a good showing. Uh, There was a lot of talk that Florida State might be that last team because of their, their win yesterday, but Alabama... Seems to have uh, gotten in there because of their win over Georgia yesterday uh, in the uh, SEC championship game. So uh, no surprise with Washington, no surprise with Michigan to me. But, uh, you know, three and four were, were kind of up for debate after yesterday.
0: Okay. so we hear more. We'll let you know. Stick around for that. Do you remember the Leonard Bernstein Young People's Concerts?
2: I grew up on them. Me too.
1: I, I grew up on them. Was it Sunday afternoon? Sunday afternoon? Is that what I remember? Yes.
0: About? I remember being mesmerized as the great conductor Leonard Bernstein would uh explain classical music. He would explain uh you know the 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 thoughts behind the the music that he was playing and it was so interesting and informative and really it was sort of my introduction to uh, classical music yeah he even used a beatles
1: song to do it once yeah,
0: yeah. and in this larger than life individual uh, you know just conducting the orchestra in this amazing music as a result yeah. i would say that my introduction to any kind of classical music was leonard bernstein well him and uh, bugs bunny <laughs> yeah right killed a lot the of wabbit, people the <laughs> uh, yeah in the interview that you're going to hear in a few minutes uh, with Bradley Cooper, uh, he talks about being influenced.
1: By Kill the kill the Rabbit? By Bugs Bunny. Bugs
0: Bunny. Bunny. So, <laughs> so the guy who very likely is going to win an Oscar this year for playing Leonard Bernstein.
1: I think Sherry Mulligan's going to get nominated Carrie for Muller. oh, Best Actress, definitely, too. They're wow. Definitely.
0: They're definitely going to get nominated. They're so good. But uh, Bradley Cooper, on top of that, directs this movie called Maestro. He co-wrote it. And also produced the movie. So I think he's going to walk away with at least one statue uh, this year because it's that good of a movie. <laughs> when I was, I was in Los Angeles talking to him, uh, and I just joked, as I always do, that everything I know about classical music, I learned from Bugs Bunny. He he also said, said the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> that as a little kid, he was obsessed with it from uh, you know those cartoons where they would use classical music. Because it and was and very cleverly too, very cleverly, but also because it was in the public domain and they didn't have they, to pay. They for didn't it. have to pay. Okay, sure. Well, that was part of the reason that they did it. <laughs> but we all grew up with listening to the, that music. That when we heard in a concert setting later, you went, "Wait a minute! I know that song from Bugs Bunny.
1: It's from a cartoon. It's from the cartoon.
0: <laughs> I didn't know Beethoven wrote in cartoons." <laughs> Uh, but these young people's concerts were amazing, and if you're not familiar with them, I strongly urge you. Most of them are on uh, YouTube. You can go check these out. They're so interesting. You'll learn a lot about Leonard Bernstein himself, as you will, in this new movie that's called Maestro, which, Schwani uh, you saw and you loved. Oh, yeah. I'm I so impressed that you went to see a yeah. first-run movie. I,
1: I did. Two things. Um, uh the theater was almost full, Yeah. by the way. Um, that's only the only theater showing the movie
0: in the Chicago yeah, area.
1: Right yeah, now. and uh, people were buying tickets. I had mine already, but I was in the ticket line, and the person behind the counter said, eh, things are starting to fill up here. better yeah. choose your seat oh, pretty quickly. Wow, how about that? Yeah, yeah. But I've been... Leonard Bernstein was one of the great, great musical figures of the 20th century. Absolutely. And... I have to say Dean, I had the very good fortune of seeing him in person. Too. Oh my gosh, really yeah. performing? Mhm. Yes. And where did this take place? Right here in Chicago. I saw him four times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um he came on tour in 1976. Then I saw him again in 1984, and then he conducted the Chicago Symphony in
0: 1988. Yeah, I think that was his last appearance. In the was, it was was that at Ravinia? Yeah.
1: No, it was downtown, right at, here, at at, at Hall. At Orchestra Hall. Yeah.
0: Orchestra Hall. Okay. Uh, yeah, his his last appearances in the Chicago area were about the late 80s, a year and a half before he died. Yeah. And uh, what a life! What what a character! I mean, this movie uh, talks about his his professional and personal life. Uh, his uh, very uh, unconventional marriage to his wife uh, Felicia, uh, played by Carrie Mulligan in the movie and uh, it's it 's fascinating and, and and the music the interweaving of the mu- music of this movie. Uh, they did such a good job.
1: He, he also worked very closely with Leonard Bernstein's children yeah, on this. I right. mean, they gave, it, they gave it their blessing.
0: Yeah, who I also interviewed. We're going to share that interview with all three you of them. You talked to them, too? Talked to Bernstein's kids.
1: Oh, oh yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I
0: sure did. Wow, I didn't know that you were such a super fan.
1: Yeah. That's yep. cool. Like I said, from watching those young people's concerts okay. and all through the 70s and the 80s, yeah. Look how multi-dimensional you are. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Bernstein and Michael Jackson. And Andy Griffith And
0: Andy Griffith And Ralph Cramden (laughs) That is the Dave Schwann story It's 11.42 Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGM One of the greatest pieces of music ever composed George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue Here being performed by Leonard Bernstein On piano with the New York Philharmonic Orchestra uh, which he conducted, that was his home stage, uh, that was at Lincoln Center, that was the um, theater at which I saw the premiere of the movie Maestro in New York. Uh, this was actually during the actor strike, and uh, Bradley Cooper, in the cast of the movie, was not uh, able to talk to us at that time because uh, the strike was going on and uh, the terms of the strike didn't allow uh, the actors to do any publicity for their movies. So at that time, I interviewed Leonard Bernstein's children uh, to talk about their dad and what it was like growing up as Lenny's uh, kids. Uh, but now the strike ended, and the uh, week before last, I went to Los Angeles where I did get to sit down with Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan and talk about this amazing movie, uh, Maestro, which is the the story of both the professional, but moreover, the personal life of uh, one of the greatest conductors of all time. Uh, the story is focused on his relationship with his wife Felicia, played by in, in this movie uh, by Kerry Mulligan, and they're both amazing. Uh, I predict they both will be nominated for Academy Awards. I haven't seen everything yet, so I'm not quite ready to make a prediction on who will win, but uh, it is an Oscar-worthy movie, and of the movies that I have seen so far this year, I think Maestro is the best one that I've seen so far, and I've seen some great ones. Uh, The uh, Martin Scorsese uh, movie uh, Oppenheimer is amazing. Uh, The Color Purple is amazing. There's a, a long list, but Maestro... Uh, just hits, uh, all cylinders running on so many levels. Uh, I think it's just great. And the incorporation of the music, uh, in this film is also quite special as well. With, uh, Bradley Cooper at, at taking years, as he will hear in, in the interview in a moment, talking about how long it took him to learn to conduct an orchestra. And uh, what a lifelong ambition that was of his, and in lifelong interest it was of his uh, to conduct an orchestra. It's a very, very interesting. And how Kerry Mulligan got brought into this uh, project, but both of them bring such passion uh, and uh, emotion and depth uh, into their performances and telling the story of one of the greatest musical figures of all time, certainly one of the greatest conductors of all time, and without a doubt, one of the greatest American conductors of all time, uh, Leonard Bernstein. Now, this movie is uh, playing only in one theater right now. It's at the Landmark Century Theater on North Clark Street. Why is it only in one theater right now? Uh, Because it has to, in order for it to... Qualify for Academy Award consideration. It has to be shown theatrically. So it has to be in some theaters. But this movie is uh, produced by Netflix. So their intention is to run it on Netflix to get you to go online and stream the movie. So beginning on December the 20th, uh, Maestro will then become available on Netflix. I don't believe it's going to be with any sort of extra premium if you have netflix you'll be able to watch it but for now here in the chicago area sorry one theater i hate when they do that i don't know why they couldn't just put it into you know one one theater in each part of the chicago area uh you know one south suburban west suburban in the city north suburban northwest you know why, why couldn't they put it in a half a dozen theaters uh, that that i don't get just to make it a little more convenient for people but they want people to come and see it on netflix so you know it's their business and uh, i guess their de- decision uh, to make but th- that's the way it is right now one theater for now starting december 20th on netflix you will be able to uh see the movie maestro which i cannot recommend any higher. I gave it a Dean's List A. I, I think it's so great. And when we come back from the break, my one-on-one interview with Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan. Next! A rare treat. A little uh, classical groove to the show here this Sunday morning. Leonard Bernstein and the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. By the way, correct pronunciation, Bernstein. Not Bernstein Almost everybody says it incorrectly But the way that Mr. Bernstein said it Was Bernstein, Lenny As we like to call him now, Lenny uh, Playing some uh, Shostakovich here At the New York Philharmonic At Lincoln Center in New York Symphony number no. 5, for those of you keeping track uh, Part of the joy I, I do love classical music It takes me I close my eyes and I listen to the music and it literally I feel like I'm being transported. You fly in the cradle of this music. I didn't know you were a fan. I am a—I am a fan. I took many classes in college. Yes, I went to college. <laughs> I know that, but I didn't know you were I didn't know you liked this music. I I dig the Shostakovich. <laughs> <laughs> or as they said in um I'm a Shostakovichy. Like a Swifty? I'm a Shostakovichy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love it. it, it, it I, I can't really, I can't think of too many more types of music that literally take me someplace when I listen to it. Do you know what I mean? Does that sound weird? No, it doesn't. Not at all. Especially this piece. I remember when I was a, when we were in grade school, Edward Cole School on the South Side, we would occasionally go to field trips to Orchestra Hall to hear concerts. And I remember my eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Costegas, saying, close your eyes and listen to the music and see where it takes you and i did that and that's how i listen to classical music now it takes me someplace yeah oh yeah wish it took me someplace with a white castle because <laughs> i'm a little hungry to tell you the
1: truth did you go around the corner to the mcdonald's after the concert then
0: <laughs> no i wish we did Oh, okay i wish we did uh but i i do love it and um as, uh, I I, mean, I can't praise this movie enough. I'm highly recommending it to you. I wish it were in more theaters. Uh, maybe once it starts getting Academy Awards they might expand it beyond Netflix that I don't know yet but uh, it was a real treat to uh, sit down with Carrie Mulligan who uh, plays the wife of Leonard Bernstein in this movie, uh, Francesca. And the Felicia, Felicia, Felicia. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, the um, writer, the producer, director, and the man who plays Lenny himself, Bradley Cooper. I have not been able to stop thinking about this movie since I saw it at the film festival in New York. That's that's how obsessed I've been with what you've created. Um, you know, as as the star, as the director, as the co writer, producer the more I thought about this, is it was very Bernstein-like of you to be conducting this film. I mean, the way he conducted arpeggios and crescendos, you were conducting the flow and magic of this movie. Did it feel like that while you were doing it?
9: Uh, it, it did feel like that in the sense that uh, I always envisioned this movie as as having a rhythm to Lanny's music, which is what it does, and wrote scenes to that. So. In that sense, in terms of the, the movement of the camera, the lens choice, the composition, it was all musical. Um, I didn't necessarily think that I was conducting the whole movie, but in retrospect, I think it was probably a gift that Lenny gave me uh, to wear all these hats, because that was the only way that uh, I was going to be able to channel him.
0: Yeah, as I, as I watched that uh, scene in which you're conducting... Uh, and you're just feeling you, watching you, bringing in different parts of the orchestra during that whole thing—it's like that's what he d- did for the last six years, right? In in this movie, it was. Uh,
9: um, thank you.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. And Carrie, for you, I had read that you said that you were in before you even saw the script for this. What was you the attract way before
10: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> years? Before. Long time.
10: You do something like that. Well. To get to act with... Well, before I even had seen his work as a director, just to get to act with Bradley, because I'd always wanted to act with him. And um, we'd known each other, you know, a little bit as friends, and um, and so the prospect of getting to be, you know... And, and from the beginning, it was a story about a marriage, so I thought, I get to make a film with him where we have this equal parts marriage, and that would be fascinating. And then I started to learn about these characters. But it was really... And then not long afterwards i saw i I saw a star is born and i remember exactly where i was i remember coming out of the theater and it was in a theater that was midtown and i just i walked down 40 blocks with my friend zoe kazan who came with me and we just talked the whole time about what an incredible director he was so the two things combined to get to act with him and then to be in his next vision just was obviously a no-brainer
0: yeah um the uh other thing that i read that you had said that he he changed the way that you approach acting. Mm. Can you explain that?
10: Yeah, <laughs> I think you know. I, I we talked. I, I we worked with this incredible um, coach for, for this woman, Kim Gillingham, who who works and does dream workshops, and we did six days with her. And she's someone that I had worked with a bit before, um, but I'd never done a workshop like this. And Bradley asked me to do it, and the idea essentially was to sort of Go into your subconscious, try and make it feel like you're not acting. So you're kind of connecting your subconscious to the material so that you're not having to sort of muster up lots of acting when you get to shooting it. But I had I'd been talking to Kim before about what Bradley had asked of me in this project and that he'd asked me to go all in and that I had a certain reticence to that and that I felt that throughout my career I'd had this sort of slightly tentative feeling when it came to really committing to things on camera um and i think that through watching this and watching the commitment and what bradley put into it it felt like there was no choice and he also made the environment so um unbelievably safe that i yeah. sort of it was the, it, it did feel like the first time yeah. i could just sort of go all in
0: i uh, i loved what you had said that you were uh, obsessed with conducting as a kid just you know the movement, I guess, and that you were inspired by Bugs Bunny. Yeah, because I was too. Yeah, I, I always said that everything I knew about classical music I learned yeah. in Bugs Bunny cartoons. That's yeah, but how uh, explain that to me? About I think there was just
9: something about the the, the control, the, the the magical power one could have if they just by the move of a hand and mu- this incredible music came out. You know, from watching Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny when they would do that in the cartoons, and then I just spent hours and, and hundreds of hours. Uh, fake conducting and so i always felt and then fast forward to grad school ellen burson was doing a workshop and she asked us to write a monologue for a character and i wrote a monologue for a conductor and private moments in acting classes i would always do conducting it was just something i knew was deep wow. inside me so when this project came around i thought oh i think i have all this built-in rehearsal and work that's inside of me really yeah. that i could help you know bring into what the next work i was going to do yeah.
0: Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan talking about their uh, new movie that's called Maestro. It is in exactly one theater in the Chicago area. Wish it was in more. It's not. Uh, It will be on Netflix December the 20th. I would imagine after it starts to uh, gather uh, Oscar steam that they might bring it back into theaters. That's the way they normally do it. But uh, Netflix hasn't announced that yet because... They want you to come to Netflix to uh, <laughs> to see the movie. Somebody texted saying that they they had heard that Sarah Silverman, the comedian, is in the movie, and she is. Were you surprised, too, Schwani? Yeah, yeah, she plays Bernstein's sister, surely. Yeah, yeah, a dramatic role. It's she not, was very good at she, it, too. It's a little bit funny, but it's not really a comedic well, it's role Well, Sarah Silverman, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. but, but uh, yes, she is uh, in the movie. All the performances are uh, terrific. So, um, yeah, we'll be uh, talking much more. Oh, and my interview with the children of Leonard Bernstein, a little closer to when the movie uh, goes to Netflix. So that's going to be uh in a couple of weeks we'll update news and get into our food time segment next and coming up we're going to uh, get into our food time segment this week we've been talking about willie wonka and Char- charlie and the chocolate factory i thought we'd talk a little chocolate today uh that's coming up in a minute but first Shwani mm-hmm. i wanted mm-hmm. to acknowledge our fine fine wonderful uh delightful radio audience that we have here every best sunday, in the world sunday morning we get, people are so sweet and so nice and so generous on the flight back. I was in London last week, if you weren't listening earlier, and I'm on my flight back and uh, several of the flight attendants <laughs> come up and, uh, uh, you know, they they bring me like a little cookie or something. And they go, I just want you to know I enjoy you and Schwani on Sunday morning. They're uh, big fans. So shout out to the American Airlines flight attendants. Well, let's include Andy with this. i never flying American again. <laughs> were
1: they now now the question is were they standing in a group of two or three and kind of pointing at you and giggling a little bit. No, saying, Do you they think were, that that's the, that, that's Dean you know Richards they were coming
0: up to my seat. They came up to my seat and like whispered it to me. <laughs> like they didn't want anyone else to know that they liked the show. <laughs> Uh, they, they didn't want it to get around. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, okay, it was that. Then. No, they were. Very. They couldn't have been uh, nicer. But that's great. On our text line this morning, people are saying how much you are enjoying the show today. Thank you. Uh, you, you guys must hear this also. I, yeah. I, I, I we do great right during the week. We do. Yeah, people say how much they enjoy the show. Yeah, we do. It's Very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. I was uh, at the uh, grocery store as I am prone to be on Saturday morning. I've talked about this many times. I like to go in super early uh, before the store gets crowded and do my shopping.
1: Now, the the weather's getting colder. Do you bring a heavier coat to cover up the uh, cart? (laughs) I bring a
0: canvas tarp. (laughs) I bring a canvas tarp (laughs) because I've joked that I cover my cart (laughs) because I don't want anyone judging me on my selection. As if they don't judge you already. Yeah, as if I don't give you enough reasons already (laughs) to judge me. And believe me, if you see me on a Saturday morning, you are not seeing a pretty Dean Richards on this. You are seeing an unshaven mess of a person. You would think, oh, that poor homeless person. (laughs) Um, But anyway. And look at that coat. (laughs) Right, why does he have it draped over his food? But, you know, I've joked about that. I don't want to be... Food judged? <laughs> so I'm shopping. I'm shopping. Somebody comes up to me. Uh, Are you Dean Richards? Yes. Oh, I, I enjoy you on the TV morning news. And you guys on Sunday morning, I enjoy you so much. But how come you don't have your groceries covered up? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't really do that. It's just kind of a joke. And then I, then I looked at my cart. It's like, what am I buying that I'm embarrassed the, you know, this woman is food judging me now. Now I feel like I do have to cover my food. Because, <laughs> you know, you make some extravagant choices. You know, you get two, three bags of chocolates in there, and people are going to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, ex- <laughs> that explains a lot. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN, getting into our food time program, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show The award-winning All Things Edible program heard every Sunday, more or less at this time. And uh, this past week, I did my first chocolate making. I'd never done that before. I've made, uh, like, chocolate mousse. I've made, uh, like, chocolate uh, cream pies. But no kind of uh, chocolate ever until I went to a chocolate making class while I was in London doing uh, my interviews and attending the world premiere of the new Wonka movie, the new Willy Wonka movie. Part of, uh, you know, what they did was they set us up with chocolate-making class, because it's Willy Wonka, and, you know, chocolate and all that. And uh, they had an expert chocolatier uh, show us how to make these beautiful, delicate, uh, almost tulip-like creations made out of chocolate uh there it, it was amazing how it's done uh how painstakingly it's done i have such admiration for anybody who can make something like that uh you know especially in quantity uh you know chocolatiers who make these beautiful creations that are also delicious and edible and uh, i you know i did okay with it i guess <laughs> you know they they kind of walk you through it and hold your hand uh, through the whole thing, but I was hoping it was something that I could show on uh, WGn TV morning news on my weekly Wednesday cooking segment, because uh, I like to do things you know like that to show on TV, but I think this is like so intricate this would be like nearly impossible for somebody to do at home because you need special tools and special vats and like <laughs> things like that. So, while it was very interesting, and I will show some video of me doing it, uh, in the next week or so, I am going to be doing a chocolate segment on TV, but I'm going to be making another chocolate that this chocolatier uh, created and served to us. It was so delicious. It was an orange and uh, hazelnut praline caramel. So it was a caramel, a very light, sweet caramel with a fresh orange zested on top of it with a hazelnut mixed into the whole thing. And uh, I'm going to make that into like a, like a slab of chocolate. I'm going to make it probably not on a slab, but, you know, like in a, in, in a, a sheet pan. Uh, that you will also be able to easily do at home. I think I figured out a good recipe of how to do this, of mixing the chocolate and the uh, hazelnut praline and the orange and the caramel. I'm going to mix it all together into something that you would pour into a sheet pan, put it in the fridge, let it harden up, and then break it up into pieces. And I think it would be a nice Christmas treat. So uh, look for that in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. This coming Wednesday on my cooking segment, because uh, Hanukkah begins on Thursday night. I wanted to do something that makes sense uh, for the holidays, for, you know, holiday gathering. Uh, uh, And for Hanukkah, often uh, brisket is served. And uh, I came up with a recipe. I wanted to do something other than just, you know, like a regular brisket, a roasted brisket. So I came up with a brisket that is made in the crock pot, slow cooker. Uh, and is made with uh, sort of a honey cranberry glaze. So, you know, it's like the deep richness of a brisket, but a little bit of the sweet and tartness of uh, whole cranberries at the same time. So that's going to be this coming uh, Wednesday on WGN uh, TV Morning News. Meantime, wanted to open up the phone lines. Some of you, uh, I really honestly do not, do uh, baking and desserts very often. This foray into the chocolate making really was a first for me. And uh, when I do any kind of desserts, almost always it's the first time ever. I'm more of a more of a cook than a pastry chef uh, or candy maker or anything. But I know, especially this time of year, a lot of you are doing cookies. A lot of you are doing sweets. A lot of you are doing these kinds of things. What's your best sweet treat that you do for the holidays. Share can you share that with me? And maybe we can, you know, kind of share recipes here a little bit this morning. Your best sweet treat, if it's chocolate, all the better. Because uh, I'm like you know, chocolate is on my mind right now because of all of this Wonka chocolate making that I've been doing. But you know the number, right? 312 981 7200 Either on text or I'd love to hear from you on the phone line. 312-981-7200. What's your best holiday sweet treat? Tell me about it after this. 1225, Dean Richards, Sunday morning and our food time show on the air. Kind of a mini version this week. So getting ready for Joe Brand's Blackhawks pregame show coming up next. Uh, looking for some uh, holiday sweet treats. Ronnie, what are you making uh, this week? this holiday season?
6: Well, what everybody loves, they beg me for, and it's Oreo cookies chocolate balls.
0: Oreo um, cookie chocolate balls. Tell me about that.
6: Okay, you take a package of Oreo cookies and you grind them up in your, however you grind up, crumbs and stuff like that. Put it like in the food
0: food processor, something like that? Yeah, in the
6: food processor, and then you add an eight-ounce package of cream cheese into that. Oh, nice. And get that all... Nice, ground up in the food processor, mixed okay. up together. All right. And then you make you make balls out of it and put them in the freezer for about an hour or two to get them hard. Oh
3: my gosh! Melt
6: some good good chocolate, like a bag of chocolate uh, uh, little pearls or whatever, yes. and then you dip them in that. Okay. So you melt and you melt down the, the chocolate.
0: Blood, you take the frozen and Oreo get- balls.
6: And dip them in the chocolate, oh, and baby. then sometimes I'll put I'll put like sprinkles on it or something depending the time of the year.
3: Yeah, and I use
6: white chocolate too sometimes. Yeah, but, but it's like oh, they there's three hundred like twenty calories each. So um, I three, didn't say three, that right. <laughs> three, wait,
0: Three hundred twenty calories for each ball. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. well. Yeah. Oh well, it's they're Christmas. They're
6: not that big. It's like a normal scoop you'd use for uh, right. making cookies. You cookies. Right. Yeah. Well, but they, I tell you, people just go crazy for them. Like, you oh, got to bring those, please.
0: That sounds <laughs> yeah. really good. Now what, now, what if I put? Mm-hmm. What if I put a little orange liqueur, say something in the chocolate, something like that?
6: Would be real good. Yeah. Now, for this this year, I found uh, Oreo had some red velvet cake. Uh, Oreo cookies. Yeah.
3: Oh wow. And so
6: I'm going to try those red velvet Oreos and make good. them. In it. Hopefully, they'll it'll because you put cream cheese in it anyway.
0: Right. Right.
6: You know, so you've got the cream cheese there. Now listen, listen to that's this. What I'm making for.
0: Listen to this. What somebody texted in. They are making hmm? a chocolate chip cheesecake with Oreo cookie crust. So. Whoa. They, so they take they <laughs> they take the Oreo cookies and crush them down, add some butter to it, and some chocolate mm-hmm. chips. They press it down into a pie pan, and then mm-hmm. for, for the filling, they mix the cream cheese, uh, some sugar, mm-hmm. vanilla, eggs, flour, evaporated milk, and sour cream. Mix it. Mix all that together. That goes into the Oreo pie crust, and then mm-hmm. they uh, they bake it in the oven, three hundred degrees. For twenty-five minutes. That's it's kind of a, a little bit like yours, right?
6: You know that that would be good with the uh, red velvet Oreo cookie.
0: That uh, that would be good with there with the red velvet uh, crust. <laughs> that would be very mm-hmm. festive, wouldn't it?
6: Yes, yes. I'll have to think about
0: that one. Yeah, I like that. But I love yeah. your idea with the chocolate. Wow, we've got some got a lot of people so with oreo uh Oreo recipes <laughs> on our line I love this on on yeah. our text line here today that's great good 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 all right i'm gonna and I love your show I'm gonna give yours a try because I love uh that it's no bake oh, good. it's super easy yeah. and yeah, right uh, anytime, Real easy. anytime and I you can, can
6: make them several days ahead
0: right right exactly right? Yeah. uh anytime I can break out the orange liqueur too you know uh, i don't I don't mm-hmm. need much convincing mm-hmm. with that so
6: <laughs> yeah, that would be
0: good. Happy holidays to you, really? Ronnie. Thank you so much. You too.
6: Thank you, Jane.
0: Really? Okay. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we've got uh folks here with raspberry almond shortbread thumbprint cookies. Uh I like to make a chocolate Texas sheet cake. Uh that sounds just plain old delicious right there. Uh but I'm gonna be experimenting with some chocolate recipes on my TV cooking segment. Uh, the next uh, couple of weeks as, as we uh, get into the season here. Thank you so much for listening today. I always appreciate it very much. Uh, I'll see you uh, first thing tomorrow morning on Bob Surrat Show between 8 and 8.30, like we do every Monday through Friday, and on the WGN-TV morning news. This coming week, I'll be talking with Emma Stone, who we saw on Saturday Night Live last night, Brie Larson, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe,